Hello, this is Digital Accessibility, the people behind the progress. I'm Joe Walensky, the creator and host of this series. And as an accessibility professional myself, I find it very interesting as to how others have found their way into this profession. So let's meet one of those people right now and hear about their journey. All right, well, it's time for another edition where I get the opportunity to chat with an accessibility practitioner. And today I am visiting with Mark Stedman. Hello, Mark, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm good. I'm speaking from my home office on Vashon Island, which is near Blink's headquarters in Seattle, Washington. Where are you talking to us from? Oh, you're going to love this one. I am from, I'm speaking to you from normal Illinois. Yes, plain old normal Illinois. So <laughs> I got to say, I love being from here. I love saying that every single time when I intro. But yes, from the Midwest. All right, well, I, I've been there. I, I attended the University of Illinois. And uh, so I made a couple of trips over there. So we got Very that cool. in common. <laughs> and right. I, I saw a recent picture. So it looks like it's uh, snowing cold this week. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's cold. It's snowing. So we always say like here there's winter and then there's second winter. So we're into second winter, and second winter is normally worse uh, central Illinois than anything else. So it's just a lovely time. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, we hadn't uh, met before, but uh, it, it, that makes it just a great opportunity for uh, me to learn about you and also uh, others. So maybe why don't you start by talking a little bit about. Uh, the work that you're involved with, the types of things that you do. Absolutely. So uh, currently I am the uh, Director of Mobile Accessibility at Fidelity Investments. Um, in the last, I think, year or so, uh, we've been building up a really large accessibility program um, within Fidelity itself. Um, it's been a lot of work. It's super challenging. Uh, one of the reasons why um, I'm in the role is, one, I got to go back to mobile accessibility, as you'll kind of learn when I start talking here. I've bounced back and forth between web and mobile. Both of them interest me, but it's kind of nice to keep a refresher to do both. Um, but one thing that um, I like more than anything uh, is the challenge. And what's really cool about working with Fidelity is it's finances. And as anybody who's listening to this knows, um, anything that has to do with finances is extremely complex um, to deal with. And so from the accessibility side of things, um, it's a massive challenge. Um, Fidelity is not the only one in general. It's all across the board, there's a lot of different things as far as stocks, graphs, charts, how you do visualizations, all that fun stuff, right? Um, and so for me, this is a big thing for me right now, building it up and being part of this program, Fidelity, is um, there's a lot of challenges, a lot of nuances that go with um, working with the financial organization from accessibility side of things. So it's really cool um, to be able to actually, one, have a company that wants to build up an accessibility program, make their content accessible, um, and two, the challenge of it, right? Um, and that's the big thing that I'm excited about, especially day-to-day work-wise, but outside of work, um, I always say this, <laughs> accessibility is not just my day-to-day, -day, it's everything I do outside of work too. So I love um, to write about accessibility. That's my big thing. My big thing going forward this year, as we'll talk about here, um, has always been actually is developer accessibility. Um, it sounds, you know, a little bit, you know, counterintuitive. A lot of people say, well, accessibility has got to be, you got to start with, you know, the foundation, work your way down. But the problem is, is um, I've been a developer, uh, I, I've been in those shoes, I've worked with different development teams, and a lot of times what we see is we just don't see developers getting the one-on-one -on -one attention they need to help make content accessible as it goes out the door. And so, quite frankly, we're still in that kind of, you know, cycle where we 
do assessments, we fix things after the fact, but they're not getting fixed as they go, right? And so my passion comes from trying to speak to developers both on web and in mobile to try to get accessibility as part of that life cycle. And there's a lot of noise, I, I know you know this too, <laughs> there's a lot of noise that comes with that, right? Um, especially from us, from myself, right? So how do you clear that up? And so my passion is trying to make it clear and concise and make accessibility a lot easier to consume for developers who already have a lot of stuff they have to consume day to day. So those are my big things that I'm excited about both work-wise and outside of work, um, what I do. So accessibility is my big passion, as you can tell. <laughs> I get fired up talking about it all the time. Well, it, it's really good to be able to talk to uh, you, uh, you know, having, you know, software engineering as your your focal point. I, I think probably most of the guests I've talked to is, you know, more on the maybe design side, evangelism, uh, you know, those those parts of the process. Uh, I, I, I'm interested in in knowing, like, what what success means uh, for the role of your developers. Uh, I mean, I, I know in a lot of organizations, it, it's driven by uh, maybe a good uh, design specification simplifies yeah. things, but I'm, I'm just curious, uh, you know, how you kind of measure it and what your expectations are to, you know, yeah. be able to have good accessibility come out of uh, your area. Absolutely. So, the one thing we look at from a developer side of things, especially when you're looking at, and this isn't just mobile, this is web, this is mobile, you know, whatever you're developing content. The one thing you want to do, especially when you're looking at how do you, how do you judge that what you're doing is working, right? Um, the one thing that I always suggest, and, I, and I've kind of stuck to this principle, even when I was, you know, previously at DQ Systems and I was at State Farm before that too, is you want to take accessibility in the development lifecycle, especially if it's new, and kind of slowly chunk it in to see those little landmarks with it. So ultimately we start with, these. you wanna start with something small and then work your way up to the ending point, which is you want accessibility as part of your definition of done. So what that means is when I, let's say I pick up um, a user story, I go in, I fix, I create the content, right? Let's say I'm just making like a search bar, right? That search bar has gotta be totally accessible. Um, the definition of done would be two things. I have run my automated tests against it, and I've done my manual testing, right? That is like the golden scenario right there. If I can do both those things and that's part of my definition of done, that is a measurable outcome because guess what? If it goes out of production, it's not, then I'm not succeeding, right? You always have those checks and balances with that. But you always wanna start small. And so what I always say is you have to take small increments as you're building um, accessibility into that development lifecycle. So the first thing I always wanna start with is automation. Automation, yes, if you, if you wanna talk to everybody in the accessibility community, I can cause probably a firestorm by saying automation only catches the lower third. It does, but it is a really good start for developers, right? Let's say you are moving at light speed, which every organization I've ever worked with and consulted with, everything like that, they move super fast, right? So how do you counteract that? Well, you introduce automation, whether that's linting, both in mobile and web, right? Or some type of automated tool such as like Axe or Pally um, to go into it and scan it. Those small things start to create a foundation for accessibility um, out the door, right? So that's number one, okay? So if that one's really easy to judge. So when I start to do that and introduce that, you might wanna give that a couple months, let teams get used to it and go. The beautiful part about automation is I can actually check that in an automated fashion too. So I can do something like production monitoring and see, okay, this went out the door, there are no automated issues. Cool, there's my measurement right there, okay? I've been able to see that the new content is going out for this team. 
is from an automated standpoint clean right doesn't mean it's totally accessible not even close but it's a start right the one thing we have to do from a developer side of things is build the want and need to actually do accessibility right um, i think a lot of times what devs get is just this thrown at hey do training do this do that go right <laughs> i'm sure you know that doesn't work they just say well this is too overwhelming it's too complicated i'm done right you have to ease into it um, as much as people want to get stuff accessible now you can but you have to ease into it along the way right um, so that's the first one the second one then as far as measurables go and there's really just three big ones along the way i said the last one already definition done but the middle one is that little bit of knowledge training so what i mean by that is, is i always explain to it as a developer one time told me um, when they were going through and they said we're doing automation but mark we don't have 15 minutes to start like reading accessibility articles like that's dope so you have 10. so uh <laughs> i've always started to say you can do 10 minutes a day of accessibility knowledge and what i mean by that is, is that's anything that a developer needs or wants it's not saying hey you need to go do this training course no you could sign on to a newsletter like alley weekly or the alley project right find an article you want to read something that's specific to what you're doing right if i'm a react developer i find something that's in react right if i'm an android developer i find something that's in android right um, but that builds up those small knowledge base. so 10 minutes a day turns to 20 which turns to 40 which turns to an hour right and now you're building up that knowledge base um, within them, right and with that knowledge comes the ability for teams to start doing small manual testing the wheat the wheels start churning hey i should start keyboard testing hey i should learn how to do a screen reader right and now we get to that definition of done, right? And I could go on and on and on about some of those pieces, but those are like the small steps I talk about. You wanna integrate those slowly but surely. And I've seen great success with doing this because again, getting accessibility into your developer culture is a lot. And a lot of people think it's as simple as like, hey, flip a switch and you're going, right? Um, that's just not the case. You have to take those small steps to get to that large gain and when you get there, it's so sweet <laughs> when you get there, but those small steps, those small gains will get you there with developers. In, uh, um, what about in terms of uh, how you deal with uh, uh, things that maybe are part of business processes uh, separate from the developer area? So alternative text or sure. the proper uh, understanding, the proper uh, taxonomy hierarchies of of uh you know headings and content yeah. uh, complex widgets that may come up like carousels and things like that that can be you know really uh that could could even be coded but then maybe still not really accessible because it's not a good experience uh anyway i think i'm always uh, seeing that there's this huge bucket of things that often yeah. get dumped into the developer's lap. And I'm just curious, uh, you know, maybe in, you know, how you've uh, addressed that in the past and, and today with your, your work. Sure. Yeah. So, so there's, there's kind of two things to this. And so the one thing I always say is, yes, I'm a developer advocate through and through for accessibility. But the one thing that I am a realist about is you have to get buy-in all the way up right so if a developer's manager doesn't know that manager's manager doesn't know right you're not going to get anywhere and so the one thing and i'm sure you've had others come on here and talk about this too the one thing you have to do is you have to get buy-in from everybody right and the one thing that accessibility can't be is it can't be you know hey it's just the devs hey it's just design those guys get that stuff done we're fine right we're all good that's not the case you have to get that buy-in all the way up top and that starts with if you want to look at a high level piece of it 
that starts with just training awareness in general, right? You, I, we talked about changing culture for developers. That's changing culture for your organization or even a whole entire unit, right? Um, of business to where you're doing that, to where both product owners, designers, developers, right? They all have to have accessibility involved. Now that's the golden scenario to where they understand, hey, if you make a carousel, right? Um, how do I make it accessible and go out the door, right? Um, the one thing that I have done that we've had great success with, um, both in my current role and in my previous roles, complex widgets, they will always be there. They will never not be there. Like, let me, let me say that truth be told, they will never not be there. So complex widgets will always be there. Um, and so the one thing that I always suggest doing is if you or your organization, or maybe you're just a single developer is working in one spot, if you can build up an internal knowledge base, um, that can actually help build out specs. So the one thing that I always like to do, I don't like to send devs out into the wild. Um, I'm sure everybody listening to this who is a developer knows this. You go out and look how to make a carousel accessible. You're going to go to Stack Overflow and you're going to find 7,000 different people giving you 7,000 different answers. The one thing that I've always suggested to people is build your own internal knowledge base. Yes, maybe you have different standards that are a little bit different for accessibility side of things, but if you give them those specs and the ability to actually see what they need to do from accessibility side of things, you'll have great success. So for example, uh, my previous job at State Farm, we had these uh, widgets over and over again. They were like these, it was similar to a carousel, but you could like search agents through a carousel. Just don't even start, okay? But um, when you did that, we kind of kept having this come up over and over and over again. We're like, okay, let's just make an internal knowledge page of what this should do, how it should announce what there should be there. And if there's other little subtle things in there, right? Sure, they could reach out to the accessibility team, but that's where we've had the best success is building that knowledge base and kind of saying, hey, here are the pieces that go into this so that when you have those repeated things, or if you have widgets that are similar enough to it, you can have developers build off of that. Again, simplifying accessibility is the way to go. Now, if you don't have an internal accessibility team, the one thing you can do is there are links out there. It just takes an accessibility expert <laughs> or a specialist to go through them and say, hey, here's some generic pieces for, hey, how to make a carousel or how to make a complex search bar, right? Um, which you can build those up and send those out to the developers as well. But that's where I've had the most success is kind of internally building those up, right? Because um, again, at the end of the day, you can hit every web content accessibility guideline, but there might be some subtle things that your organization or your client you're working with, right, might want. And so from that side of things, you always wanna to try to build anything internally so you can kind of build it up and give it to the devs so it's more specific and it's more curated to them, right? Again, simplifying it for them as they build it. Well, uh, yeah, this has all been a really uh, uh, great uh, explanation of, of your world and the types of things that uh, you know are worth uh, thinking about. I, I also like to find out where people first became familiar with uh, accessibility in their live life and, and then work life for it to become part of your profession. So kind of where did it start with you? Yeah, so, so I actually first came out of college, I was at State Farm. Um, so State Farm, right when I came out, I went to statefarm.com. So the site you go to, go statefarm.com, that's what I worked on. I worked on the .com domain. It was really awesome. Um, as a dev that liked to do the UI stuff, that was great. You know, I could do the thing, I could go home, show my wife, be like, hey, I made this, right? <laughs> but the one thing that I didn't realize when I got there that would impact me and get me to here is I actually came in um, on the tail end of AOTA. Um, for those who don't know, Accessibility, with on Accessibility for Ontarians with Disabilities Act. Um, State Farm had um, content in Canada. And so I came in on the tail end of um, that act going 
into law. And so State Farm had to get their content accessible um, for that. And so I came into that, you know, web developer, I'm fresh out of college. And I'm like, what the hell is accessibility? I don't know what's going on with this stuff, right? Like, what are you throwing me into? And so that kind of got the gears going a little bit, right? So I did what we talked about. I did some of the automation stuff. I did some of the trainings, right? Um, to kind of build that up. But again, it didn't click just yet what I was doing, right? Um, I was fixing these things, making it better, but didn't click. Um, probably about, I'd say, a year-ish into my role at State Farm, um, I built, uh, or I got assigned, a agent search module. So what you did is you went to statefarm.com, went to the agent search, um, you searched for the agent itself, and then on a screen, you would see a map. That map would have pins all over it. It's Google Maps, right? As everybody knows, Google Maps is horridly inaccessible. So believe it or not, our design team had an accessible option for it underneath. There was a list. That list actually had each individual agent, all their information, links to their stuff. It was actually really cool. Um, that's great. I am case in point number one where you can have designers who have accessibility in mind and the developer goes in and just goes and makes it totally inaccessible. So this thing was done. I got it rolling. It was about out the door. Um, and then all of a sudden, uh, this <laughs> these lovely consultants from DQ Systems, who I worked for then later, um, sent me... I will never forget 256 unique, unique accessibility issues. That means there's duplicates in there too. So I don't even know how many it was. Um, and so I got that and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 256 accessibility issues. Like what in the world are we talking about? And again, this is something that was gonna have a lot of eyes from leadership, everyone out the door, right? Um, and so they wanted this to be accessible. And I'm like, come on, man. Like I have to get this out the door, let's go. Um, and so my teammate now, uh, Burkir Gunnarsson and my other teammate at DeQ, and he actually works with them at State Farm, Tim Harshberger. Um, they're both blind individuals. Um, I went and I sat with Tim. I worked with um, I worked with Burke here, and I worked with Chris Kelly um, as well. And all of them sat me down and walked me through what a screen reader user did, how somebody who only uses a keyboard would navigate. Uh, and I can explain it a thousand times over. And every time I explain this, I get like the littlest bit like emotional about it because I saw what the stuff I was doing, how it affected somebody who was trying just to use it day to day. Right. And that is awful. <laughs> like Looking back on it, like that was the worst thing I've ever put together. Now it's more accessible now. I can't vouch for it because, you know, this was like nine years ago, but, um, I saw that and that impact that had on me. I mean, it was light switch right then and there and that kind of lit the fire under me to want to explore more and so once i had that moment i always say it's my moment of impact you know i, I wanted to get more into accessibility so right after that i applied for an internal role on the state farms accessibility team um, and then i started to kind of jump around to it so i jumped into we had a mobile need in there too so then so then i took the same stuff i learned about there and i started to learn from some of the mobile experts in the field um like what mobile accessibility even is how it works all that fun stuff and so when i got to state farms mobile apps i was like wow same type of concept this is not good like we need to make stuff accessible so i learned mobile development mobile accessibility and then we just kind of went from there but that real big project where i spent almost three months on to get to the very end to say wow this was absolutely horrendous from an accessibility side of things totally changed my perspective and I tell this story you're no different right now Joe than I tell everybody else. I tell a story to everybody because it's the truth the moment that you have an opportunity to 
be with a user who uses assistive technology, right? Um, and even a user who just uses a keyboard, right? It changes everything to where I was just like, man, I am harming people from using content that this, this whole thing was built on. It's built to make agent searching simple. Well, I made it impossible. And so that had such a lasting impact on me that it led me down to the career path to where I'm at now. And so that's kind of my big impact that I got into from an accessibility side of things. Well, it, it's uh, great that you were able to, you know, get so many good experiences right there from that, you know, from those early days with uh, your work at, at State Farm. And uh, you know, a lot of people have to kind of jump through a lot of hoops and go through a lot of things before they're yeah. actually in the position to be making, uh, you know, meaningful uh, solutions. So, uh, so yeah. that must've been, uh, you know, good to be able to have that. Um, yeah. And then uh, it, what, you know, what went from that, did that, you know, that was what fostered your desire to uh, continue forward with it in your, as yeah. your active profession? Yeah. And so the other thing that, that kind of lit the fire in me too, is the more that I sat with, so on the accessibility team, when I was at State Farm, the more I sat with people that were in my role, right? So my previous role, just being like a web developer, just a mobile developer, the more that I started to just kind of get a fire lit in my belly to like, want to communicate accessibility to them. There are so many different things out there to talk about, hey, how do you make your content accessible? I do this, I do that, right? But there just isn't that switch to make it a little bit simpler for developers. Yes, developers tend to, I, I, there's a huge stigma out there, the developers make excuses for everything. Okay, it's, you're looking at probably less than 1%. 99% of developers I've worked with, if you tell them about accessibility and to learn about it, they want to learn. You get into development because you want to build cool things. You want to do cool things, right? And you want to learn. If you're a developer and you're, and you're a damn good developer, you want to learn. And so you'll learn, you'll grow, you'll build. And accessibility becomes a part of that. And so that's where my passion came from to where I wanted to get more to them, right? I wanted to get to developers and help them accessibility. So that's where I made the jump from State Farm to DQ Systems. DQ Systems is... Um, one of the best accessibility companies in the world. Um, they're smaller, but I worked automation for accessibility and worked on the developer services team there um, to try to help get to developers, right? We worked directly with um, companies to um, do accessibility trainings. We did automation installations, all this fun stuff to do. And I wanted to help them learn and build. And that's been my passion even still now is simplifying accessibility for developers, like I said at the very beginning. But that passion came from that initial impact I had, but sitting on the accessibility team, seeing teams and developers struggle with it, I kind of sat there and said, you know what, I, I get it, right? Like there's so many things out there. You all have so much in your day-to-day -day work. I get it. Like, let's try to figure out ways to simplify. And that's been my goal, whether I do conference talks, articles, whatever I end up writing and doing, that's what I try to do is try to make it so that things are simpler for developers or even if you're a manager of developers, product owner, right? How can I make it easier for my devs? And so that's kind of where my passion has taken me down the line is more accessibility for developers and making it easier for them. Well, I, I imagine, you know, one part of uh, being involved in the consulting process is that suddenly you're, you, you're, you become familiar with all kinds of issues, you know, maybe far beyond the ones that you would encounter in any individual organizations. So, uh, you know, how did that kind of shape what, what took you to the next uh, place yeah. in your 
journey. Yeah. So, so what's really cool is, is all those different, that's, a, that's actually a great leeway into like what I got me to where I'm at now with Fidelity is I worked with so many different organizations. And so you kind of get that, that passion, that itch that keeps going. So like, Hey, what's next? What's next? What's next? Cause again, I've done the talks, done articles, right. I've worked with all those different companies. And so what kind of got me to want to go to Fidelity um, and get to the role that I'm in now is I was at State Farm when I was at State Farm. State Farm was already, you know, the the cogs were turning. It was a well-oiled machine from an accessibility side of things, but I wasn't a part of something that was basically starting from flat from scratch and then building something up. And so <clears throat> what I wanted to do was take all of that knowledge that I learned from developer advocacy to all the different DevOps structures that happen to each organization to all the different things that I've run into, all heck, all the learning curves that I've had. You know, I, here's the thing. I, I sit here and everybody asks me these questions of like, you've dealt with this, this, and this. I'm like, yeah, I've made tons of mistakes too <laughs> with organizations as far as accessibility goes and giving them advice and then having to adjust. I wanted to take all those things that I just mentioned and build that into something from scratch. And so that's the opportunity I got with from Fidelity was we had something new. It was really young. We're still super young <laughs> for what we're doing, but um, I wanted to take what I've learned and kind of build into that, build that developer advocacy specifically in mobile when I'm at Fidelity um, and build that up and try to make it so that accessibility is culture. That's the ultimate goal. I mean, if you talk to anybody, take, take developers out of the picture too. The ultimate goal is you want to get organizations, companies, developers, designers, you want their culture to change. So that accessibility is just another thing. It's not, well, we gotta do accessibility, right? No, I mean, what do people say about security? Yeah, they complain about it because they say, well, I can't go to the of this patch, but they say, we gotta make sure security's there, right? Okay, cool. Gotta make sure accessibility's done, right? So that's where I wanna get to with this. And that's where my passion came from, from my three years at DQ was, I saw all these other organizations, things they did and said, okay, cool. I've learned from their mistakes, the things that, the cool things they did, the mistakes they had, the mistakes I made, the cool things I did. And I want to push that to what we're trying to build at Fidelity right now. Well, I, I've already learned a lot about the things you're doing, doing now, it gave me a lot of things to think about. And it was good to hear about your journey uh, from State Farm to DQ to Fidelity. Uh, so after all of this time uh, involved in, in seeing all this uh, accessibility activity, um, do you have any uh, thoughts about the future? Are there uh, like any things that you're particularly uh, excited or interesting in pursuing in, in your work? Or uh, are there things that you see uh, that you might want to see change in the profession? Uh, you know, just generally, how do you see things moving forward with the accessibility? Yeah, so there's there's one thing that I'm actually super excited about. Um, it's, it's actually leads me into two things I'm excited. But one thing I'm excited to see is, um, yes, if you look at like the state of accessibility reports that come out, you'll see that 98% of home pages have accessibility issues that are scanned. Um, the one thing that you see over and over again, that's really nice is, um, accessibility automation for developers is starting to become a norm. Yes, it's not perfect. If anybody who's listening to us an accessibility advocate thinks that I'm sitting here going, Automation is the end game, let's go. No, I'm not. What I'm saying is, is it's starting to kick down that door, right? Um, and so that's the exciting part for me is, I always have these kind of handful of sites that just so happen just to go to sometimes, and just be like, hey, let me just scan this real quick with an accessibility scanner. And you see the numbers actually go down. Um, so to me, that tells me these tools are working, accessibility is starting to get in there. 
and there's this switch. I would say this from both the accessibility side of things and the usability side of things. There's kind of this switch going on um, in the web development field and the mobile development field where design-wise, development-wise, it's been really cool to build out these custom components and build out these sweet things and you know use all JavaScript and make new custom components. Um, what I've seen the last couple of years, especially training-wise, um, development-wise, if you go to conferences, is a swing back to the basics, right? Hey, let's just, if you, instead of just building this custom button, why don't you just use a native button, right? Why are you building all this funky stuff with it? You can get the exact same output and it's accessible, right? And so that's kind of the cool thing I've noticed is that the trend is starting to swing back to the basics for development. And that's good news from accessibility side of things because that means the stuff they're using should be accessible when it comes out the door. Yes, there's still going to be those nuances in between. Yes, there's still going to be teams that do custom components. But that the fact that so many different conferences, articles are talking so much about, hey, stop, let's get back to basics, kind of tells me that from an accessibility side of things, we could be looking at a more accessible future from a development side, which is awesome. Now, the one thing that I'm excited about from a talking standpoint for myself is now that automation kind of these semantics things like that have started to become you know a little bit into the picture again the one thing that there is especially from an automation side of things is there are so many different automated tools out there and so what i'm trying to kind of get into is making these things a little bit more practical is what i'm kind of looking forward to because right now if you look at automated tools you know, there's a bunch that work within your CI/CD pipeline. There's some that work for linting. There's extensions. There's this. There's that. Right? Which one do I use? How do I get through all that? Think about it. If I'm a developer team, if I'm a product owner for a team, there's a lot of just fog up there to say what do I do. And so my goal for this year, and especially going forward, is to kind of level that. Hey, just take a more practical approach to hey, how do you get accessibility into your development lifecycle? Because yes, more teams are using it, but are they really using it <laughs> with quotes around it, right? They might say they are, but you know, you know how it goes, right? <laughs> you, you don't really know if they're actually using it correctly. So that's one of my things that I'm more excited for myself is kind of building that knowledge of like, hey, you're using this, but let's build on this, right? Let's build more into this instead of just being like, hey, we do this. No, let's build into that and go with it more, right? Um, and <clears throat> the one thing that, you kind of asked the question, I'm sure there's, I'm genuinely curious if everybody else's price this too. The one thing that I would say from an accessibility side of things that I'd like to see is just continue to be simple with what we do, right? Um, I know from an accessibility side, there are so many advocates that are awesome, fantastic. I'm not even close to their knowledge level and what they do. They've been in this way longer than I have. Um, accessibility, just especially in my experience and, and being younger, um in here too simplifying it makes it a lot easier for everyone to consume right if i threw if i threw the web content accessibility guidelines at anybody they'd be like i don't even understand <laughs> i don't understand what this success criteria is supposed to say right um, and so any type of way we can kind of simplify it break it down make it easier for people to consume the better and we're getting there trust me I'm, I'm saying this as a good thing too we're getting there there's just a lot more advocacy for making it simpler making it easier for people to consume um i do know that there are still people that are not accessibility advocates that see stuff out there and they just say oh cool i'm a manager and i just throw the wcag book at them and say go do it right and people look at it and they say 
No, I don't know what that means. <laughs> so simplifying it, keeping it simple, right? Not just for developers, but for everybody only helps show that accessibility is something that just can be a part of anything you do every single day. So those are the things that I look forward to and some of the things that I'm hopeful for in the future as well. Well, you've uh, definitely given me a lot of, uh, I've learned some things and uh, definitely a lot of things to think about. So I, uh, yeah, I appreciate uh, you taking the time to have this conversation with me and then sharing your background. Yeah, absolutely. This has been, this has been super awesome. And truth be told, it's a nice change of pace. I'm actually, so I just had my, uh, my second kid a month ago. So she's only a month old. So it's kind of a nice change of pace to talk accessibility instead of talking uh, goo goo gaga <laughs> with two kids for now. So thank you for bringing me on. This is awesome. Well, congratulations on that. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, meet up at uh, one of those physical events that you mentioned uh, speaking Absolutely. at here and there. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Joe Walensky, and as host of the Digital Accessibility Program, I like to keep the focus on our amazing guests. But I'm always excited about my role as Accessibility Director at Blink, the producer of this program, and I'd like to share that with you. Blink is the world's leader in evidence-driven design, and we work with a wide variety of clients. Founded in Seattle, we also have offices in Boston, New York, Austin, San Diego, and San Francisco. Our stated mission is to make technology human. Embracing inclusive design and accessibility brings all of us closer to that mission. We bring accessibility in every one of our projects. Our philosophy is that each of our practitioners should understand how accessibility applies to their own work. Accessibility is not a separate department or activity for us. Our researchers, designers, and developers all employ accessibility principles at every stage. If you have a need for research and design services, Blink is a partner with a full-time commitment to making your product or service accessible and a great experience for all of your customers. Some of the specific areas where we can help, using research to better understand the needs of your customers with disabilities, innovating to make sure your accessibility is the best-in-class design, we can move existing designs to development in a sprint. And maybe most importantly, we provide a turnkey transformation to an accessible site or app. Of course, compliance status is something that we always include as part of the service. If any of this is of interest, please get in touch with me directly at joe at blinkux.com. That's J-O-E at B-L-I-N-K-U-X.com. Thank you. And please take a moment to rate our program in whatever app you use.